everybody. I'm Melissa Bonzek, and welcome to episode 46 of Books Cubed, the show where I chat with the indie authors that you should be reading. It is Thursday, October 31st, 2019, and oops, I missed last week. I have been uh, kind of crazy trying to finish up projects, and I think around Tuesday I thought, did I upload a show? Nope, I didn't. So, uh, sorry. Sorry about that. Um, let's see, what have I been working on? I am trying to finish up my second book in the June Nash Misadventure series. I've got a lot of people asking for it, and I keep saying, soon, soon, very soon. <laughs> so, soon, it'll be ready soon. And uh, I've been getting ready for NaNoWriMo. If you don't know what that is, that is uh, November. Every year, people get together and they write a 50,000 word book for National Novel Writing Month. And it's been around for a long time. Uh, I think a guy and a bunch of his friends started it. They did it by themselves. And then they just had friends who wanted to join in. And, and it's, it's going strong. There's a lot of people that, that do this all around the world. And it has resulted in a lot of really good books that have been published. And so this year, I am going big um, and biting off more than I can chew, I'm sure. I am going to uh, do the first draft of the third book in my June Nash Misadventure series. And I am outlining the first book in a new horror series. Very excited about that. And when I'm not working on those, I'll be formatting a six-book nonfiction series that my writing par partner and I are working on. And it's done, but I am doing all the formatting now. And Lisa says, when are you going to be done? Oh, I'm working on the formatting. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. So that will be out soon. I probably won't have a definite date next week, but in two weeks, um, either I'll have a date or it'll be already published. So uh, if you are interested, just uh, check out my website, M-E-L-I-S-S-A, B as in boy, A-N as in Nancy, C as in car, Z as in zebra, AK.com, Melissa Bonzak, just like it sounds. And uh, I'll have uh, information on there about the prompt book um, soon. <laughs> Something else that I got to do, I need a virtual assistant. I really do. I really need somebody who can um, do all these little chores that uh, take up uh, so much time so I can just stick to writing. Okay, so today, let's get to today's show right now, and I have got a really good show for you today. I'm very excited about it. I am reading this book that I'm having the best time reading. It is noir. It is called Miami Burn, and I am talking to John D. Patton, P-A-T-T-E-N. And uh, let's get right to it, and I'll see you after. Welcome, John. How are you today? I am doing great. Thank you very much, uh, Melissa, for having me. Uh, this, is a, this is an honor. Oh, I, I've had such fun reading your book. And uh, let me read a description of the book for everybody. Uh, this is the first in the series. It's called Miami Burn, right? Yes. I want to get the title right. Okay, so here's the description. Titus came to Miami to kill a man, plain and simple, fresh <laughs> off a prison stint for a crime he didn't commit and out for blood. But when a wealthy socialite begs Titus to track down her missing daughter, he dives headfirst into the seedy Miami underworld of low life thugs, celebrity wannabes, and women as beautiful as they are deadly. Titus soon finds himself up against an organized crime boss, a crooked politician, and a hard-nosed Miami detective. Nobody, it seems, wants the girl found, 
but Titus doesn't scare easy. Armed with two fists and razor-sharp wit, Titus unravels a deeper mystery, darker and more twisted than a simple missing girl. Very excited. So um, noir is such a interesting genre. You know, there, there are such expectations for it. And, and from your bio, you know, you talk a lot about reading a lot of noir as a kid growing up. Yes. And so this is, this is what you definitely knew that you wanted to jump into was noir. Yes, definitely. First, let me uh, pitch the sunglasses. This is just part of my, <laughs> my gimmick, my dressing as Don Johnson kind of thing for it's Miami, Miami Burn, Miami Vice. So here we go. There All you right. go. Yeah, yeah. So you've got <laughs> very specific... Yeah, you've got very specific genre expectations. So does mm -hmm. that make you feel closed in or do you kind of roll with that and go with what the audience wants? No, that's what I've always known that I've wanted to write um, way back when I first started writing. In fact, uh, in my high school uh, creative writing class, I wrote a detective story not too dissimilar from this. The detective was in Boston, but I had grown up um, on detective stories, James Bond, um, you know, really tough guy adventure type things. And, but when I got to college, um, I started reading the Spencer series by Robert B. Parker. I don't know if you've ever read those. Oh and, yeah, they're good. Uh, they're, they were just my, my ultimate, they were my inspiration. And it was just the typical uh, hard boiled, tough private eye, tough guy who had, uh, you know, these friends that he would, uh, rely on with the code of honor and so uh i grew up on this i didn't need to learn i mean i know there's a lot of people that want to learn new genres and learn to do new things but i always knew this was it for me i always knew that when, you know when i start writing this is it and i you know even now i i look at markets and i go well i could maybe learn to write for that market or i could learn to write for this market but i know this particular one it, it's in my blood uh, and so it's not something that I I actually need to think about too much. So I know I just need to need to really stick with this and make it just just as as really solid and as uh, good as I can I can get it. Almost in a way to 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 reinvent it to uh, to to bring it back to life because um, Robert B. Parker was just uh, one in a series of of classic writers who came along, uh, starting with Raymond Chandler and Dashiell Hammett back in the 1920s and 30s, moving along to John D. McDonald through the 1950s and 60s. And uh, nowadays we have, we have a, a lot of people who are also uh, writing fantastic detective fiction, but I like to go back to that, uh, that old style, that, that really hard-nosed, tough guy style. Yeah, did you, um, did you ever watch the TV show that they based oh, on the Spencer yes. novels? Oh, absolutely. In fact, that was what uh, made me buy the first book. And uh, it was on TV at that particular time. And uh, it was, the TV show was okay. Uh, I mean, it was all right. Uh, the, uh, the actor that played Hawk, the character of Hawk was perfect. It was fantastic, but they miscast. They, Robert they, Ulrich, Ulrich. Robert Urich. Now I always Urich. liked Robert Urich. He was a great guy. But when you read the Spencer novels, Spencer is this giant guy. He's just, he's, he's not Robert Urich. And even though, when I read them now, and I still hear Robert Urich's voice, uh, but I picture it on a different body, kind of, when I read it. But I always picture Avery Burks, the actor uh, who later went on to Deep Space Nine as, as Hawk, the character. He, was, yes. he, was, he just nailed it perfectly. He's amazing. Yeah, it's the same yeah. way that um, they cast Tom Cruise to play Jack Reacher. 
Oh, yes. I know there was a lot of uh, Sturm und Drang about that. <laughs> He's redoing, um, Lee Child is redoing the show or the series or something. And he says they've cast someone much better. In my mind, I always pictured John Senna. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm, not, um, I'm not certain I know who that is. He was the wrestler. Oh, okay. Cena, oh. Senna. Maybe I'm saying it wrong. Uh, I'm sold was, already. Uh, when you yeah, say he was just. That's already better than Tom Cruise. Oh, yeah. He was just, John Senna, if I'm saying it right, is just this big guy. And I just, when I started reading the Jack Reacher books, he's immediately who I thought of. He just. Right. He's large, the big neck, the huge guy, and you just kind of, he comes in and he yeah. commands a room kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, and Robert, Robert Urich just, I loved him and uh, loved here. Lazarus, yeah. the show he did right before he died. Did you see oh, Lazarus? Oh, right, yes, that was a Lazarus a Western, man? Uh, yeah, it was. It was oh, a it Western. Was, yeah. It was a Western. He crawls out of a shallow grave. Yes. He has no idea who tried to kill him. Oh, it was amazing. And then. That was fantastic. Unfortunately, he got sick and they canceled the show as soon as they found out he was sick. And I know it's such as so sudden and so horrifying. I, oh, I was, I mean, that really was. hurt me because I, I mean, I, I liked the guy and he yeah. meant so much to me as being part of that uh, particular series. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And I, and he's, I, I like him. I, I can accept him as the character. But yeah, when I, I saw the show, I think I was in high school when it came out and I thought, that's not yeah. him. That's not him. Okay. Yeah. So you're writing noir and yes. there's the set expectations. Yes, definitely. How do you handle writing female characters without pigeonholing them into that box, you know, that one-dimensional type character that noirs seem to do? It is always a challenge. Uh, I believe that any of us have a challenge writing a, uh, a character from the opposite gender, definitely. Uh, but I think that what I do is I just draw on people I've known, which is not to say that I, you know, all characters in this book uh, are fictitious and, you know, all that. However, there are certain aspects of things I've seen and I've been a part of that you can't help but sort of bring into the story, uh, just little ways that, that people have reacted. And that's kind of how I approach it. I don't try to assume that I can actually know how a female character is thinking. However, I just write it from Titus's perspective. And I think that also fits neatly into the noir category because a lot of noir books, uh, especially the uh, the Raymond Chandler ones, they were very first person. And they, there was just a ton of, uh, everything is from the, the character's perspective. So when I write from my character, Titus, when I write from his perspective, basically how the characters react, how the female characters react, I just write the reactions rather than trying to figure out all of the details. I know a lot of people have, uh, have gotten into trying to figure out exactly how you know, to write perfect for the, uh, for the other gender, but I just go with what I've seen, what I've observed, what I've known in my own personal life, and uh, attach it to Titus's observations. And I think that's the, the closest any of us can get, because uh, even as a female writing for a male, uh, you only have your own perspective and your your life, the way you've seen things, and that's about it. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I think that Sophie, is, is it Sophie or Sophia? Sophia, yeah. Sophia. Yes. I, I've had a sister-in-law named Sophie, so I am keep going back to that, but okay. I think yeah. Sophia feels very rounded as a character. You know, okay. she didn't, she didn't at first, but then as she goes along, and you, and yeah. you see her more, and, and they have more interactions, I really see more sides to her. 
Um, Good. especially when she talked about her family. I don't want to give anything away. So right. I don't okay. want to give away, That's all right. give away any of it. Um, but yeah, so, so I think that it's, um, I think, I think you're right. Looking at going from the, from the, from how they react to him is a good way to do it because it is told in the first person. Mm -hmm. So it's like a perfect way. And, uh, I, you know, did have a very, very specific type of character in mind for Sophia, just because I wanted to flip a little bit of the, um, uh, the, the characters from Spencer on their on their heels. So I I mean I have been inspired obviously by Robert B. Parker. And so I thought, okay, he had Spencer had this girlfriend, Susan Silverman. She was a um a psychotherapist. Not everybody's favorite character in the reading world. Yeah. And so I figured, okay, what if instead of having uh my character Titus's girlfriend as a um, somebody else if I can combine her with the cop uh, who is always chiding Titus for stay out of our business, we're the police, we'll handle it, you stay out of it. But at the same time, she becomes his girlfriend. And so that, and that was the idea that I played with there. And I, and I really went deep on her character. And um, I will admit that uh, the, um, the character that uh, Michelle Rodriguez played in the TV series Lost had a, had a lot to do with my uh, initial, uh, my, just the visual interpretation and the fact that she was a former police officer and she had some troubles troubles of her own and that was kind of my 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 visual inspiration along the way and it's so a good I, one because she played the oh, character really well yes she I did I, stopped, oh, I think yeah. i stopped watching when she was killed Spoiler i did too I, it, <laughs> it went downhill from that moment as far as i was concerned you know it really did well i tend to not watch i think i, I watched religiously the first season and i'm really bad about watching second and third seasons of things. And I think I watched off and on kind of spotty. And then it just got so weird. The first it didn't season follow its own rules. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The first season was one of the most brilliant seasons of television. And then the second was like, what? And then the third. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 They didn't have, they didn't sit down and make a series Bible. And no. Anyone who writes series, you know you have to sit down and write, what are your goals for the long term? Because if you exactly. don't, your fans are gonna be pissed. And yes. I know that right now I'm writing a sci-fi series and I have shadowy figures and I'm like, I really need to figure out who these shadowy figures are That's instead correct. of just calling them shadowy figures for six, seven, eight books or whatever. Right. So, because uh, the writer of that show, they got to season seven and they were like, oh, we have to, we have to write an ending. Oh, yeah. we didn't think about that, did we? Oh, we thought we were yeah. going to be canceled. Okay, let's write an ending. Oh, I have an idea. They all, I'm not going to say it for anyone that hasn't seen the show, yeah. but let's, let's just say it's not, it's not where we all wanted the show to go. No, no. And it, it just, it didn't mesh with so much that was happening in the show. And yeah. um, it just, ah, ick. So yeah. let's get back to writing. So, right. so, okay. So I come from screenwriting. So oh, I just okay. have um, one novel out, one short story out. Mm -hmm. and um, about three that I'm working on right now that'll be out soon at a nonfiction series I'll be talking about later. Uh, anyway, awesome. so, <laughs> so I come from screenwriting. So every time I would get to action scenes, you mm -hmm. always write a fight ensues. That's all you write because the stunt coordinator is going to come in and they're going to do it all. There's no mm -hmm. reason to write anything more. Mm -hmm. So when I start writing books, now my first book, there's really no fight scenes. I mean, she gets into trouble, it's a mystery, you know, and that mm -hmm. kind of thing. But I have another book where there are fight scenes. I'm like, yeah. oh my God, 
what am I going to do? So right. how do you, your book is full of fight scenes. Yeah. How do you handle putting fight scenes together? Do you act them out? No, I, well, actually, yes, I do. In fact, I did study some YouTube videos um, that showed how to handle particular situations. Like I'm sure you've, uh, you said you've been um, more than halfway through the book. So you've gotten to the part where Titus uh, had the uh, fight scene with Eddie Corrado in the men's yes. room of the club. Yes, that, that was, was great. Completely, I said, okay, I just Googled. How, how would you handle if somebody put a knife against your throat? And I watched this YouTube oh. video and I just watched the video maybe 10 times. And then I said, okay, I'm just gonna describe in detail everything this particular guy does. And yeah. that's what I did. And, that, and now I know actually how to handle myself in that situation. It's never happened to me, knock on wood that it ever does. But now- <laughs> No wonder, cause I read it thinking, boy, I can totally visualize what's happening. And that's mm -hmm. why, oh, I'm going to steal that idea. <laughs> yeah. Another technique uh, is, again, going back to Robert B. Parker. I did um, write out some of his fight scenes and some of his action scenes. Uh, and uh, there was a, uh, an advertising copywriter uh, many years ago. I think his name was Gary something. He, uh, his thing was to learn to, to learn to write ad copy, which is what I used to do before I wrote fiction. Uh, he said, just handwrite all of the great ads. Just take the great uh, ads and just handwrite them so you feel like they're coming from you. So you feel like you are writing them and, they, and the whole process gets sort of embedded in your subconscious. I did that with a handful of fight scenes that Robert B. Parker wrote in the Spencer series. Not to copy them, uh, not to plagiarize, but just to embed the patterns and the yeah. descriptions and things. And I didn't handwrite. I, because I, I I typically write at a keyboard, I just basically just type them out really fast, and uh, you know from from the screen, and just embedded the framework of how that feels to write a scene like that. Then I wiped everything clean, and just wrote mine from scratch with the framework of feeling like I had already written a fight scene, even though yeah. I hadn't. Well, it worked. Well, thank you. <laughs> it worked. <laughs> thank you. I hope so. <laughs> So the book is like 300, it's a good size, uh, yeah. 355 pages. It's, it's, yeah, the first one is, is, is long. The second one is a little shorter. The third one is much shorter. In fact, I think I'm actually heading more towards the 50,000 word range. The, the one you read is nine, was 90,000. And uh, then the next one I think was 80,000 and now I'm heading towards 50. And honestly, I, I Personally, I think that 50 is a, is, a, is a nice manageable range. And kind of the way I look at it is the first two books, or the first three even, set Titus up in yeah. this world, in, in this new, because he's from Boston, and he uh, uh, comes to Miami to do something, which uh, you know, gets worked out eventually. But he gets stuck there, and he's, he's a fish out of water. He's, uh, he's from the cold. He's from... This other place, he used to be a cop. His whole life is gone. Everything he knew, his, his entire world has been pretty much nuclear destructed from where he was. And now he's sort of stuck here in this very strange, Miami is a very glitzy, uh, very hot, very uh, glamorous, and yet dark and murky place, both at the same time. And so I, I like writing The Fish Out of Water because I'm a fish out of water there too. I'm from Boston. And so I don't want people to think that I'm writing inauthentically. So I basically decided, okay, I was going to write this how I would feel seeing all these crazy things going on in Miami. But um, Titus 
is what was the original question? I'm I've gone off on a God, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just babbling. No, it's okay. It's all fascinating. Yeah, I lived in Boston for the first twelve years. Uh, I think it was nine months old when we moved there, and I lived there oh, yeah? twelve. We lived in Winthrop, right across from Logan International oh, Court. Yes. Off of Sargent Street. Anybody on? I think it was like nineteen twenty-six Sargent Street, right at the end of Sargent Street, right at the water. We lived on the beach, and then um, we moved uh, to North Tewksbury. Uh, right. I, I know both. Wanted to I be know in both the middle of well. nowhere. Yeah. So there was nothing out there when we moved there. I think yeah. we got a mall like the year we left. Malls really were just starting to come in. We left in 76. So malls were just starting mm -hmm. to come into things yeah. at that time. But I, I love Boston, Boston area. And I have such fun memories of it. And I keep telling my husband, we're going to get in the car. We're in Florida right now on the Treasure Coast. So we're going to drive. We're going to fly to New York, fly to New York, and then drive up and go through all of the states there, New Hampshire, Maine, Vermont. It's beautiful. All that stuff. Yeah, I miss going and then up into New Brunswick. I just miss all that so much because we would go off on weekends and go hiking. And yeah. it's all we did. And as a kid, I hated every moment of it. Oh my God. But as an adult, I wish I could go back and relive. But my mom used to give us Dramamine. So my sister and I'd be passed out in the back seat. She'd be like, are you looking out the window? No, because I'm so drugged, I can barely keep my eyes open, mother. Um, so, but I would love to, I love to go back again. So uh, my thing now is that my character is each, for this one series I'm working on, each book is set in a different city. Okay. So it's been fun. I, I said to my husband, I think she needs to be in Italy for one book and we need to go for about six weeks to really absorb the culture, you know? Yeah. So, oh, absolutely. Yes. And yes. it's a sex deduction too. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So, you know, okay, so your books are getting smaller. What would you, is there anything that you left out of this first one that would have made it longer? Yeah, actually there is. Uh, there was a uh, character who was a huge character in this, in, in the first book. His name was Waz Wastowski. And he was this guy who was being manipulated by Allie, the character Allie Hayes, into performing all of these crimes for her. And as I was, and that was the original idea, was that uh, the the villain was going to turn out. To, uh, the girl was basically going to be the manipulator, the, the person that the Titus was hired to find, was going to be this really manipulative person who had all these guys performing all of these crimes for her. But as I started writing it, I just realized this just doesn't feel right. I don't know. This just it's it's almost a little too outlandish. It's almost a little too. And then I was, I, I went for a walk. I do some of my best thinking when I go out for a, a very long walk outdoors. And then it hit me. I was like, oh, oh. And um, according to what, you told, what you told me, you haven't quite gotten to the part where uh, all of the, uh, the solution sort of falls into place. Yeah, not yet. And I didn't either. <laughs> when I was at your point, when I was at your point of, of, of writing the book, I still had this Waz Wastowski character in there. And then it hit me one day, I'm like, oh, Oh, I see. Oh, now I know what's going on. Now I know what's really going on. And then you'll see that, you know, there's a whole bunch of things, but I'm not going to tell you because you haven't, you haven't gotten there yet. But uh, then I realized the was character just doesn't work. I have to get rid of him. He just doesn't fit oh. into all this. And so I just removed all his parts, which was great, actually. It really worked out because he didn't really quite fit in the book. And it probably would have been 120,000 words uh, if, if I had left yeah. it all in. And uh, but then it, it made it a much tighter, better book. And I think just the reason 
that one was so long, 90,000 on the second one, 80,000, is just because it's, it's almost like the origin story of yeah. Titus. And, and, now, and now I'm heading into individual television episodes. That was like the first two hour premiere. Yeah. And now, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now and you know, I don't, I don't miss Was What was his name? Was Towski. He was not Wazowski. a good character, actually. I don't no. miss him. I don't miss him no. at all. It does you not don't. feel like there's any, it doesn't feel like there's anything missing. It just flows along really nicely. And if my husband would just leave me alone and stop making me go on chores with him, I would be done already. I've been carrying my book around and like walking into walls because um, uh, I, I just want to keep reading. I just want to sit and keep reading. And I have, you know, I'm, I'm trying to prep for NaNoWriMo, which starts November 1st. And I've got yeah, a book series. Yeah, we're coming right up on that, aren't we? Yeah. My co-writer and I have a book series that's, that's coming out in a couple of weeks. So I've been trying to do all the prep work online for that. And it's like, mm -hmm. I need about 30 hours in the day. Yeah, definitely. 48 in one day. Oh, God. Wouldn't that be just fantastic? Just, if I could I'd stay awake. That. <laughs> I don't think I'd be able to. Not at all. So okay, so you got there's three books out right now. Three at the moment. I'm working on the fourth one. Um, okay, when will that one come out? Uh, I'm see. I don't. I don't know. I don't quite know yet. I thought January, but now I'm thinking it, it might be a little bit longer. Only because uh, I'm a stickler for quality, and it takes me a long time to get all of the verbiage right and all of the descriptions. Yes. And I know that a lot of people are all hung up on plot and that's great but uh plot is to me very important but it's secondary it's secondary to style what i what i want to what i want people to get from my writing is first of all maybe a vacation to miami uh because there's a lot of people who live in the cold they want to take a vacation as a better version of themselves you know most people can't do all the tough guy things that titus does but second of all there is kind of a a a rhythm and a pattern in the language. I, I use a lot of witty banter. I use a lot of tough guy banter. I use a lot of dialogue. And sometimes you write a scene of dialogue and you come back to it a month later and you go, oh, no, 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 that, that's, that's wrong. I have to fix that. And it takes that month sometimes of being away from that particular scene to come back to it and go, no, I got no, that that didn't quite work and fix it. And that's important to me. Uh, those particular types of scenes, like uh, you've obviously um, gotten uh, past the part where uh, Titus and Luther have a have a couple of uh, scenes together, and they become best friends. And it took so long to write those scenes uh, because I just wanted to get that relationship set up and really uh, off to the right start. And I I swear I rewrote those scenes three, four, maybe even five times. Yeah, and it works really well. I really like Luther. I feel like you need to go back through and do a prequel to tell me what happened to Titus, his his girlfriend or wife. Mm -hmm. is, yeah, what happened to her, and what happened to cut to throw to what happened to him in that that section before he came to Miami, and it's 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 I don't feel like I'm missing anything because they allude to it along the way, right? But I but I find myself going, ah, that might be really interesting to know. Maybe even just something short that you send to just the people on your mailing list and nobody else gets it. You know. Well, actually, the second and the third book will answer a lot of your questions. Oh, fantastic! <laughs> yes. Because I wrote this series, my idea was I want to have standalone book so that somebody can read and get a complete mystery from beginning to end that gets solved. 
And yet above that, there's this arc of a longer story that is Titus's more personal story. And that plays out over the entire series. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm giving people who want to stand alone what they want, but at the same time, I'm, I'm also giving people who want a longer series what they want as well because there are these little continuing threads that keep moving forward and and you'll you'll get to that as you as you get to the end of the first book and it continues into the second and then a whole new thing is opened up in the second book that answers a lot of your questions one of the things i have not done yet uh which uh, i i feel like i probably should do is uh, i haven't actually addressed what happened on titus's first night in Miami when he's when he's pulled over by Sophia. Oh yeah. And, yeah. Well they kind of allude to it. I don't think you really need to say more unless right. it's relevant to what's going on because in the very beginning of the book you kind of allude to it. And then as he gets to know Sophia more and they talk about it more, yep. they actually discuss what happened that night to a mm -hmm. point. And I can kind of fill in the blanks in my head. So I mean I don't know it's not something that I'm I I'm go going back and forth. I go back yeah. and forth. Should I do a reader magnet? Should I do like a like a twenty thousand word short story about what happened that night, or should I just leave it to everybody's imagination? But it might be actually better if I, if I leave a lot of it unsaid. So it I might don't know. Be. Yeah, I mean, you could do like a short, um, uh, like Janet Ivanovich does the between the numbers for Stephanie Plum. Yeah. You could yeah. do something small like that. So it's a small mystery that's like fifteen, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand words just for a reader magnet because then the then the people who follow you feel like they've got something special that nobody else knows about kind of thing so yes and i I, cool. I probably do need one of those yes because you know to help grow the mailing list and it's a, it's a very important marketing tool as as writers know it is you know it was some people some readers don't really care they don't want to get to know the author they don't want to know any of the why you came up with this or that or anything but some of them are like really you know i mean i get letters that ask me okay, is so-and-so going to be in the book again? And is yeah. so-and-so going to have a relationship? And I'm like, well, we'll see. We'll yeah. see. And it's like, no, I hadn't planned on having the person. They died in the first chapter originally. They yeah. accidentally became a character. And all of a mm -hmm. sudden I got people going, where is there going to be more with that person? Well, I don't know. We'll yeah. see. I get so. those, definitely. <laughs> well, where can people find you so they can find out, find your books and all about you? Well, uh, my website is uh, www.johndpatten.com. And other than that, Amazon, uh, just uh, Google John D. Patton or just type in Miami Burn. And that's the first book in the series. Or just type in Titus. I think Titus will actually get you to, to, my, to my series, T-I-T-U-S. It might. It might. Are your books in, um, in Kindle Unlimited? Yes. Okay, some people love that, so we'll make sure we mention that. Yeah, all three are in Kindle Unlimited, so if you have, I think it's nine ninety nine a month, if you have that membership, you can have um, plenty of time to read the books because you can get 10 at a time, and then when you pick out 11th book, you have to get rid of one of the books. So if your husband keeps telling you, you have to go grocery shopping, and we have to go do this and do that, and I got to put my book down because I can't read in the car, or I'm driving, and I shouldn't read in the car, then I have more time to read the books. So... Uh -huh. Oh, well, when you have the fourth book out, come back so you can... Oh, I would love to. Oh, oh, I forgot to ask you if you wanted to read an excerpt from it. Oh, um, I don't, uh, you know, I don't have an excerpt uh, here with me <laughs> at the moment. Um, I could open one up maybe, but... Uh, I completely forgot if you wanted to do that. Oh, okay. Uh, if you want to, I'll throw it at the front. Okay, let's Just see. Just a page or two? Yeah, or sure. 
uh, what, what, what was your favorite scene so far that you've read? Gosh. Gosh. Um, God, I like, <laughs> I like when he, let's see, let me look at the book here. I'm going back. Oh, I had bookmarked something. I have so many. I go through and I highlight things. <laughs> Can I find it quickly? Probably not. There was a line I really liked and I highlighted it. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling back through 200 and something pages. <laughs> um, I liked them at the at the uh, at the club. I liked when he was following. Oh, I liked it that when he went and saw the lady at the uh, the mother at the country club, and the guy uh, and Z oh. was sitting out front looking at him. Let's All right, that's a good one. This. Yeah, that was a good one. You look, you go ahead and do that. I'm going to look and see if I can find this line. And if it's relevant, I'll read it back and tell how much I liked it. <laughs> it's somewhere here. Uh, yeah, I pulled uh, Luther's truck into the Lucadendra Country Club. But that is a direct homage to the author Elmore Leonard, who uh, set uh, scenes at the Lucadendra Country Club in his, uh, in his book, Cat Chaser, which is a 1981 novel. So that, that's a direct homage to the wonderful uh, and very talented and uh, now late Elmore Leonard, uh, who is one of my great favorites. Um, let's see. Yeah, uh, Titus goes looking for, uh, <laughs> this actually does have one of my, one of my uh, favorite uh, um, monologues that Titus has. He does, he does a couple of monologues and there's this um, chauffeur driver who's very stodgy and he does not like Titus at all. His name is Chester and he's, he's Mrs. Hayes's driver and he's, and he's just completely, ugh, you know, you are, you are such a disgusting man is kind of his attitude. So uh, Titus sees him and pulls up and let's see, he pulls up along, I pulled up, I'm gonna assume Titus's voice now. Uh, <clears throat> I pulled up alongside. Chester rolled down the window and sneered at me over a gray lapels. What are you doing here? He said with just the right amount of indignant outrage. Looking for Mrs. Hayes, I said. I thought Mr. Hayes told you your assignment was complete. Wow, they keep you in the loop. Good for you, Chet. Thing is, Mr. Hayes didn't hire me and I found Allie. Well, sort of. I need to know where I... I I know where she can be found at least one night of the week, and I need to get this information to Mrs. Hayes. And then, you know, Chester says, you can give it to me, I'll pass it along. I laughed, and this is, this is Titus's monologue here. See, Chet, you're not Mrs. Hayes either, so that's not going to work. Why the sudden cold shoulder? Doesn't she want me to do the very thing she so gratuitously paid me to do? By the way, are you impressed? I bet you didn't think I could use the word gratuitously in a sentence, did you? It was a lot of money, Chet. A whole lot. You should know. You handed it to me. You must be bringing home the bacon yourself with a boss who can make it rain like that, huh? But seriously, how would you feel if you were just shut out for no reason? No explanation. Just like that. Boom. Done. I mean, picture it. Mrs. Hayes tells you to drive to, I don't know, Val Harbor Shopping Mall. That's a place you might want to go, right? Halfway there, Mr. Hayes calls and says, Chester, I want you to pull over, get out of the car and walk away from it, leaving Mrs. Hayes right in the middle of the highway. No explanation, no nothing, just hasta la vista, Chester. Don't call us, we'll call you. Wouldn't you be mad? I mean, just a little. Wouldn't you wanna know why you were dumped midstream like that? Wouldn't you feel at least a tiny obligation 
to get Mrs. Hayes to the destination you were paid to take her to? And then Chester says, you are an annoying man. I'm calling the police. And he rolls up the window. So that's an example of the sarcasm uh, that I, I employ for the Titus character. And he's always making sarcastic quips and comments all throughout it. Yeah, he is. I'm looking for, I found one of the lines. It's from, um, come on, come back to me. I can't find the other one. Oh, come on. Okay. Where is it? Here it is. Okay. So they were in the club and, oh no, he went to since last night. So he's talking to, who's he talking to? Where is he? I'm trying to figure out where they are. Where are they? They're talking to somebody. I think it might've been when they were picked up. He was talking. Here it is. Uh, it was, uh, I just loved it. He's, uh, his eyebrows rose. Kitty land let you in. You too tall for those rides. Yeah. Is that, <laughs> is that yeah. the guy that he borrowed the key from? That's uh, Luther. Uh, that is, Luther? is the, uh, the preacher. The pre he's the preacher. Who, who that's becomes, a, I, I really yeah. like their conversations. Yeah. And that's one of the things, again, this goes back to Spencer and Hawk. Those were the kinds of back and forth banter conversations that Spencer and Hawk would have. I remember Spencer sitting in his car once and, and it, it, the, the heater didn't work and uh, Hawk is sitting there with a cup of coffee like, you need to get yourself a better car. Uh, you know, we're gonna freeze to death out here. Well, just little things like that. Yeah. And that's, and that's the attitude that I'm, I'm bringing. To, I'm, Luther is, is in many ways the anti-Hawk because whereas Hawk was this uh, bad guy who did good things, Luther is a really good guy. He's a preacher who occasionally does bad things and comes from a bad background, but has totally reformed himself. And so I, I wanted to write the anti-Hawk. And yeah, so um, in that scene there, uh, yeah, uh, Titus is... Yeah, yeah, that's it. It's I like that scene, and and yeah, I like Luther. Luther, I like what he has in his garage. I won't say it. Oh, yes. uh, yeah, <laughs> very eye opening. Yeah, it's like okay, okay. I totally tells me so much more about this character. Okay, so He's not a normal preacher. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay, so they can find you at www.johndpatten.com. That is correct. Um, on amazon.com and you are in kindle unlimited so for all you lovers of that out there you can read all three books this is uh titus mystery thriller series although i'm testing some new keywords so right now it's titus tough guy action series so <laughs> but titus titus is the main thing to remember t-i-t -T yeah and i think when i just typed in miami burn one of the options was a titus titus something or other and it's and a they all gritty, have a great yeah, detective uh, novel that's um i'm i'm trying some new keyword phrases and things we got we always have to try to improve our marketing we so. do so that's miami yeah. burn they read miami something chill. completely different next week yeah in the miami storm so those are the three the four will be out the fourth will be out sometime next Sometimes. year right yeah, we're working on it yeah well, i want to make it good so you know i'm all about quality so you know definitely yeah so you... next year, definitely first part of the year that yeah, I when you say. have the fourth one ready, uh, send me a message and um, I'll have you come back on to talk about it when it comes out. Thank you so much for coming by. I'm having Thank so you. much fun reading the book. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for having me on. It's, you uh, it's too. great. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, thanks, John. And uh, I wish that I had recorded our entire chat because when I hit 
the stop button to stop recording. We went on and we talked for about 20 more minutes and he's so interesting and the conversation was so much fun and it's not recorded and I'm so bummed about that because I would have loved to included snippets of, uh, include snippets of that in today's interview. But today's interview was fun. Uh, what we did get recorded and I recommend his books. They are great. And if you like noir especially, and it's Miami Burn and um, let me see, Miami Storm is the third one. Let's see. Miami Burn, Miami Storm, and Miami Chill. So, and they are in Kindle Unlimited. So uh, I have links in the show notes to John's website and to getting his books on Amazon. And uh, if you have any comments about today or there's a book that I need to read, please uh, drop down to the show notes and leave me a note. If you're listening on the podcast, pull your car over. And uh, you can click on the link and it'll be the first link in the show notes. And if you're on YouTube, you know what to do. Don't send me an email because then I forget about it. And uh, I forget to mention them even. I get emails and I really need to make notes uh, to mention um, what people said in the emails. But if they send me an email, I'm going to forget to mention it on the show. And uh, you just comment so I can, I can remember to, to say it. So uh, go ahead, leave a comment. And, um, oh, if we're on the, if you're on the podcast, can you please leave us some stars? Uh, we only have one review and I'd love to get a few more and, uh, let's see if, uh, that's about it, I guess, um, of the begging you to do things for me this week. And, uh, next week I have got a great show. I should be chatting with, uh, another one of my favorite authors. Um, I can't say her last name. She writes under one of her pen names is Lydia M. Hawk, and I'm going to say her, her other name wrong, so I'm not going to say it. Uh, she writes um, paranormal, and she writes romance, and I like both of her stuff, both of her series, and so uh, I should be chatting with her next week, so uh, come back for that, and if it's not her, it'll be somebody fun. So uh, I will see you then, and uh, in the meantime, go out and read a good book. Mm -hmm.